0: One thing we've realized is this, the tithe is that which belongs to God. And really, 100% is God, God just lets us keep 90%. But the tithe is the 10%, that is already God's. And really, we don't give our tithe, we bring our tithe, because it's already His. So the Bible says that we are to bring our tithe into the storehouse. What's the storehouse? Right here. Your church, where you get fed, where you come and be a part of. Your storehouse is not a television evangelist. Come on, your storehouse is not a TV network. Your storehouse is not a missionary, as great as they are, as important it is to support those. That's not your tithe. That's not where your storehouse is and where your tithe should go. The Bible's very clear bring it in to the storehouse. But that's the offering part, that's where the offering can come in, above and beyond what is required, what is expected, the act of obedience that we need to have in our lives, that's where our offerings go. And I'm telling you, we don't really give till we give in the realm of offerings. We bring our tithe and we give our offerings. And we've got to really realize that in our lives. And sometimes when we talk about tithes as something that is required, we don't like that word required because it kind of gives us a forced impression or something that is forced upon us. But that's not what tithing is all about. In fact, look what it says in 2 Corinthians 9, verse 7 and 8. It says this, So let each one give as he purposes in his heart. And really the thought is there, not I purpose in my heart how much I should give, but the purpose of my heart should be how I choose to give. The manner in which I give. And it says what? Not grudgingly or of necessity, not something that's forced upon me. For God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. And skipping down to verse 10. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed that you have sown and increase increase the fruits of righteousness. Now I read all that for a reason and that is this. Through obedience... And that's what's required of every one of us. We see everything that can take place in our lives. As we give to God with a heart of joy, with a heart of anticipation, as we give to God, the blessings come back. And I just want to challenge you all, above your tithe, above that which you give and is already or bring to God, what can you do to touch other people? Because that's truly where true increase comes, is when we really give in our offering unto the Lord. And again, in this church, we're never going to manipulate people to give. We don't manipulate and use the scriptures to manipulate people. We don't want to make it a burden to you because that's not what giving is all about. Giving is about having a joy and being able to give back and bring back to God that which he has blessed us with. But you know what, as a pastor, as a leader, we'd be amiss if we didn't sometimes explain these things to you and let you know what they're all about. So really pray this week and ask God, what can I give over my tithe? What can I give above and beyond? Maybe it's just $5 a month. fantastic. Maybe it's 10. Whatever you can do. Come on, we want you to make a pledge. We're not going to hold you to that pledge. We're not going to come knocking on your door. We're not going to say you're not welcome in the church till you pay. We're not like the landlord and we're going to kick you out and evict you. We're not going to do that. But what we're asking is people to make a pledge till the end of the year and say, I'm going to be faithful to do this each and every month. And so into missions. You know, one thing I've realized is this. You cannot afford not to give to God. You cannot afford not to. To give to God. And if you have any other questions or anything, please feel pre- free to come and ask us and we'd love to talk to you about that. Is that okay? So we're excited about Mission May. We're going to be highlighting Nicaragua on Sunday morning, a new mission that we have just taken on at the beginning of this year. So excited about that. It's Mother's Day too, so it's just going to be a great day in the house. So you need to be here with us as we go through this entire month. Amen? So Mission May. I want just to really share something with you quickly tonight, and then I'd like us to break for a few moments and just discuss this. But on Sunday morning, on 9-11, we had some fantastic services. We really saw God move in such a powerful way as we talked about the one. Who's the one that God wants us to touch and impact and how on our mission sometimes storms can come and trials can come and they can sway us and they can distract us. But tonight I want to talk about you know how we keep working on that person. Who's that one in your life? Who's the one that you feel that God has led you across their pathway and they're maybe not the most the nicest and the kindest person and they're the one that maybe everyone else runs away from. But you know what? You can start to love that person. You can start to encourage that person. You can just start to build a friendship with that person that you can just be there for them. And really that's what I want to talk about tonight, realizing the call that is upon every one of our lives. Realizing the call that God has placed upon our lives and, and to realize that every one of us are called to be missionaries. Every one of us are called into a mission field, which is called our everyday life. And I want to talk to you tonight, and here's the title of my message, What Can I Do? What can I do? Or really, what should I be? Because we want to be in action. It wants to be something that we are in our lives. And what we've got to realize is this, being a Christian is a 24-7, seven days a week, 52 weeks a year, 365 days and 366 once, a four, once every four years. You don't have a day off when you're a Christian. And you've got to realize that it's an ongoing, continual commitment. that you You never stop being a Christian. Well, some people do, unfortunately. But true Christians never take a time out and say, Hey, let me just sin a little. Let me just go off. I don't want to be a Christian today. Whether you like it or not, you're a Christian every day that you live for God. And you've got to realize with being a Christian every day when I've given my life to God, what example and what testimony am I giving? What can I be? What can I do in my life? You shouldn't be any different in here to what you are out there. Come on, that was an overwhelming amen right there. You shouldn't be any different in here to what you are out there. Now, I know we all have our moments. Anyone had a moment lately? We all have our moments. Okay, And that's okay because we're not perfect and trust me, God knows that all too well. If you think you're pulling the wool over God's eyes, I want to tell you right now, I hate to disappoint you, but God knows even so much that God knows your thoughts before you've even thought them. So, so you can't deceive God and, and He knows those things and He still chooses to use us. But listen, that must not become our excuse. Our excuse must never be that, you know what, I'm having moments, I'm having a tough time. Because what happens? Too constantly we can excuse our lives. There's too many excuse Christians out there today. There's too many people excusing the way they talk, the actions of their life, the way they live, because they are what? They're not living how they should be. But yet they try to excuse it. They try to pass the blame. And God didn't call us to live a life of excuse. God has called us to live a life of grace. And you know what? Grace is not just unmerited favor. Well, thank God. God loves me just how I am and I'm just going to make it through life. Thank God for grace. Do I hear an amen? But you've got to realize that's not all of grace. Grace is much more than just that which saves you. Grace is the power that keeps you saved. Grace is the power that keeps you Christ-like, that makes you Christ-like, that makes you and gives you the strength to live and be the witness that God has called me to do. And we talked or be and we talked about that in depth last month about the experience of salvation. It's an experience that we need to live out every day. And so the differences between what we are in here and out there, hopefully, are getting less and less as His grace. Is what? Becoming more and more inside of us. Not excusing what we do, but rather changing us and transforming us so we no longer do those things anymore. I want you to realize tonight that you are God's number one choice. God could have chose anything and anyone He wanted to evangelize and spread this gospel and He chose you and He chose me. And I want to look at this story really quick and then we're going to break up tonight. And that is this, the story of Bartimaeus. How many you remembers the story of blind Bartimaeus? He's now known as Bart because he ain't blind anymore. Come on now. They used to know him as B.B. Now he's just B because he ain't blind no more. Come on, he's just B right now. He's Bartimaeus. But we know he cried out to Jesus. Others around and told him, be quiet. God's not interested in your type. Aren't you glad that's exactly the type that God came for? And God said, come to me. And he threw aside his garment saying, my life is going to be forever changed. He stood before Jesus. He was asked the most loaded question that you could ever be asked. Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? He could have asked for anything. And he said, God, I want to receive my sight. God gave him his sight. But I want you to look at this from Mark 10, verse 32. A wonderful healing takes place. And then this happens. Jesus says to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you whole. And the Bible says, and immediately he received his sight. And notice this, and he followed Jesus on the road. He followed Jesus on the road. One translation says, he followed Jesus down the road. Here's the thought that I want you to get tonight, and I want you to grab a hold of. Because of the change that had just taken place in his life, He was so indebted to God, to Jesus, that basically what it says when he followed Jesus was this. He says, whatever I can do for you, I'm prepared to do that. That was the thought that he was expressing when he says, I'm going to go after you. You see, he didn't just do like a lot of people say, and they kind of come in and say, God, whatever you want me to do, I'm going to serve you forever. And then two weeks later, where are they? Come on, a lot of people talk it. He didn't talk it. He put some action. He became what he said. And the Bible says he followed God down the road. He follows Jesus down the road. I wonder what your road looks like tonight. I wonder what your... Road is, everyone has a different road they're on and walking along. Meaning what? The different people that we connect with, that we impact and go around. Your road, your world is different to mine. I won't maybe touch the people that you have the ability to touch. But you know what? No matter the people we come in contact with, our witness needs to be the same. My witness needs to be the same as your witness, as the testimony of everyone else. And I want to think about your road today. I want you to think about what your road involves, what you need to be in your life. When we say, God, what can I do for you? you got to realize that we need to follow God down the road, down the road. And here's what I think most of your roads look like. Are you ready? Here's what your roads look like. Number one, your first stop on your road is your home. The first stop on your road is your home. Come on, we're talking tonight about how you treat your parents, We're talking about how you treat your spouse, your husband. We're talking about how you treat your kids, your relatives, your family. Listen, your first mission field as you follow Jesus down the road is your home. Do I hear an amen? Amen. Come on, what example are you in your home? What example are you? Come on, what gospel do they see in your life? As your life now has been given over to God and you're following God. Listen, your first stop on your road has to be your home. I'm telling you right now, your home is your number one mission. Your number one most important mission field is your home. God has called you first to your family and then to the world. I wonder what we can do better in our home to be a greater witness. God, what can I do for you? How can I be a greater, more effective witness in my home? I wonder what needs to change on your road tonight. Here's the first, the second stop on our road is this, our work, college, school. That's our next stop on our road as we go down the road of our lives. I wonder what the people around you who work with you, I wonder what they see on a daily basis. I wonder how many people are shocked when they find out you're a Christian. That's not a good thing. It's not a good thing if people are like "God, Wow, I never knew you were a Christian. You shouldn't have to tell people you're a Christian. Come on, your workplace is such an incredible mission field. What example are you to them? Come on, what gospel do they see in you? That's a massive mission field right there. It's your workplace, your college, your school. What an opportunity you have to touch and reach and impact people. I've heard people say to me, Pastor Pete, please pray for me to get a new job. I'm just with a bunch of heathens. I look at them and say, maybe God strategically placed you there so you can be a brighter light in darkness. Instead of cursing the darkness, God has called us to light a candle to be a witness, to be an example. What can I do more effectively in my work, my school, my college, on my road of life as I'm following Jesus? How can I be a better witness? How can I be a better example? Here's the third stop down our road. Is this our friendships? The friendships we have. I wonder what better example we can be to them. I wonder what gospel our friends see. I wonder what I can do To touch my friends in a greater way. You see, what can I do for you, God? 24-7, seven days a week, no time off. God, with my friendships, what an opportunity that I have to be a light, to be a witness, to bring hope to those. Here's another stop down our road. Just those casual acquaintances. What do we mean by those? Those people you meet in the grocery store? The people you meet at the mall? Those at the gas station, maybe you're out at the movies, maybe at the ballpark watching your kids play, you've got a captive audience then. What about maybe when you're on vacation and you just come across people from all over the world? I'm telling you, there are casual acquaintances that we're a part of every day and God has called those to be part of our mission field. That's part of our road in following God. We've got to reach out and touch them. What example are we to them? When everyone else is cursing at the umpires for the bad decision, are they following our lead? Come on, what example, what gospel are they seeing? What can I do to make my everyday interactions more meaningful and more powerful to impact the lives of people? Because God has saved me. And now, out of desire and heart for him, I want to follow him down the road. And listen, casual acquaintances is one stop on my road. I've got two more. What about this? Another stop on your road is your neighborhood. God's called me to touch my neighbors, to the people around me. I wonder what my neighbors see. I wonder what the example I give to them. What gospel. Are they and preached and lived out through my life? How can I better reach and impact and touch my neighbours? I want you to ask yourself this. Why? Because God, what can I do to bring missions? What can I do to bring your gospel to my road? It's great to come here and support Southeast Ministries. It's great to support Nicaragua. It's great to do all this. But you know what? You're a missionary to your road. To the people around you. Here's the last one. What about this? On my road and on your road, hopefully, is church. Is church. That's part of your road too. And that's important. People say, well, how can I be a witness in church? By being here. Amen. It's a good place to start. By being here. And here's the question I want to ask. You can be a greater witness in your church if you don't, not only come to take, but you come to give. So many consumers in the church and hardly any producers I want to take, 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 take. Thank God there's something to take, but come on, you got to start giving it too. No wonder there's so many unhealthy Christians. Why? Because if all you're doing is taking and you're not giving, come on, you're going to be in an unhealthy state. Because you've got to give out of the abundance that God has given to you. So what example am I there? What gospel am I living? Am I given to God? What can I do better when it comes to church? How can I volunteer? How can I get connected and committed in the house? How can I use my testimony to touch someone? You know one of the greatest ways that you can touch someone is to volunteer in the nursery. And you may say, what? Yes, sure is. You know why? Because you can allow a mother and a father to hear the gospel message while you're watching their screaming kid. And Most of the time, none of the kids scream in our nursery. They're just so great. No one screams in our nursery. They are so well behaved. In fact, you, to put them in there, they sleep for the whole time. I mean, it's incredible. Incredible. But you know what? You can, that's, you, we can look in our lives and we can turn around and say, well, God, what have you called me to do? Listen, you're called to your road. You're called to your community. You're called to your neighborhood, to your church. You're called to make a difference wherever you are. And here's my challenge to you. I wonder what you can do better. Come on, I wonder what you can do better in your witness. As we go through this month and we talk about May and, and Missions May. Come on, my mission is my road. As I follow God and all these stops along the way, my mission is to make sure that I'm having an impact on everyone I'm coming in contact with. That I'm making a difference in someone else's life. So God, what can I do for you as I follow you down the road? And I just want you to be challenged with that tonight. What can you do? I wonder what you can do different. I wonder what you can do different.